0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Chance. My guest today is Will Cady. He is Reddit's global brand ambassador and founding head of Reddit's Karma Lab creative strategy team. We're going to talk about his recent book, Which Way is North? A Creative Compass for Makers, Marketers, and Mystics. So, Will, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So let's just let's pretend you were at a cocktail party and there was a person there that somehow had never heard of Reddit and they just came up and said, what's Reddit? How how do you tell people
1: what's the the quick (laughs) version of what is Reddit? Yeah, the quickest way to say it is Reddit is where the best questions live. And it's been that way for over 18 years now Just celebrated It's 18th birthday. So it's pretty foundational to the internet. And what makes it different than the other places is the questions that people ask remain, and you can see the conversations and communities that form around them. So when I say best questions, I mean like Reddit is literally famous for some of its questions like the ask me anything, or yeah. is a hot dog a sandwich, for example. <laughs> well, it's also pretty famous for policing
0: too, right? I mean, there there are a lot of people that are very passionate community members that, you know, you better up your game if you're going to go there and answer a question or ask a question. I mean, is that a fair assessment?
1: It's become famous for figuring out how to structure the way we connect and converse online into yeah. these community spaces that have clear rules. And, you know, the community construct is something that is a... It's a part of the internet past, but it's also looking to be a part of the internet future.
0: Yeah, and I guess I, 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 policing is probably not the right word. I think they're just passionate about staying on topic, for example. <laughs> and the topic is, is in some cases, like you know better than I, I mean, there's some topics on there that are so micro that you know they've probably collected the 10 people that care about that thing on that subreddit. <laughs>
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the keyword is context and that's become such an important word for business as well. And when you have a context and a conversation that everybody's trying to have in that context, then there's kind of things that do and don't belong in there. Like if I started droning on to you about my baseball card collection right now, you'd be like, that, that's nice, but that's not, <laughs> it's not what we're here to talk about. Well, like we got to bring it back to the context that this conversation is supposed to be in. And, and that's happening uh, at the scale of, you know, millions upon millions on Reddit every day, people holding the context that they want to have a conversation in. So
0: my rookie Reggie Jackson card, you don't want to hear about. Huh? Is that what you're saying? Well, maybe. Do you want to pivot? <laughs> okay, this is another dumb question, but I have to ask. What does a global brand ambassador do? Is there like a job description of that?
1: Yeah, the way that I approach it is with this speak, listen, build framework. So I've been at Reddit for over 8 years now. I, you know, started in a, expanding into Los Angeles like You know, there was an experimental hire to see if there's opportunity for Reddit as a business in LA. And of course, there was, right? You've got so much going on down there. And my role back then was really to tell our story and to share that and then listen to what people reflected back. Like, what did they, what stuck with people? What did they believe when we, you know, shared that story that Reddit actually is? And then bringing that back to the team and saying, here's where the story is resonating. Let's build against that you know common point so a lot has happened in the eight years since you know i was just the one phone number in la to call for reddit and we're a global business now so i'm effectively doing that same thing at a different scale this year alone i've been to i've been to amsterdam i've been to sydney australia i've been to many different cities across the us and it's bigger audiences but it's the same thing speak tell the story Talk about community, talk about context, talk about where we're going, and then listen to how people respond to it and then converse internally to say, this is where the opportunities are because these are the stories that people are actually picking up that we're putting down. So the other part of your title, I guess, is
0: uh, founding head of uh, Karma Lab. So how do those two things, well, I guess you're probably better to describe what, what you do at Karma Lab, but then how do those two things kind of integrate?
1: Karma Lab is Reddit's internal creative strategy agency. So when I talk about those early days when me and a group of people were going out and we were telling the Reddit story and figuring out what people wanted from Reddit when we were sharing that story, it started to build a little bit of a playbook for activation on the platform. If you're a, a business or a celebrity, you know, we know that ask me anything, for example. That's just one play in the playbook. And for those that don't know and ask me anything is going to a community on Reddit. It could be the food subreddit, it could be the car subreddit. again, the context for a conversation. and having that conversation that's relevant to what it is that you want to be talking about and the way that I have this book in the world and I want to talk about it, right? That's one example of many different activation strategies for engaging with Reddit. Karma Lab is the creative strategy agency that is internal to Reddit that was built around that playbook that we started to develop. And, and it was my privilege to be the the leader and the founding of that team.
0: So let's talk about your book, shall we? One of the things that you and I were talking a little off air that there are some other books that are maybe sort of in this category that are structured much differently. And I'll just start with the title. You know, there are a lot of books that encourage you to find true north, your true north, right? And you start with which way is actually north. Mm -hmm. And I think right off the bat, that's a very different approach. There there was supposed to be a question in that, but I really just just wanted to hear
1: kind of your, if that resonates with you. There is a question in that, and the question (laughs) is the title. So, yeah. I mean one of my principles here is I believe in big questions. I believe in good questions. You know, that's what my time at Reddit has taught me is that questions are more powerful than answers because they are the beginning of a journey, not the end. So, which way is north? It really describes the whole attitude of my voice in that book. I'm not telling anybody right. what their true north is. That's not for me to say. What I am offering is a way to think about that. And so the book goes through a lot of other different questions that help people to unlock their creativity for themselves in their own language, and their own terms, identify their purpose. And it's a formula that I've used over and over again with many different people and with businesses. And it works. It's the questions now, that make it work. I want to get
0: into the the, the directions because I obviously that's the heart of the book, but I'm curious as an author if you're going to throw a book out there for makers, marketers and mystics, did you feel any creative pressure yourself to feel like oh I have to, you know, I have to
1: be extra creative in this writing? I did. I felt like I was betting on the destigmatization of the topic of mysticism. Yeah. As the years go on, following the destigmatization of things like mental health and following the cultural response to uncovering the human elements that AI can't reach. Mm. So there, where I felt the most pressure was, how do I write this book in a way that is going to be relevant years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, and still be relevant for when it comes out in 2023? The book is
0: for when people pick it up and read it, a collection of essays, meditations, somewhat memoir. How do, which is not a classic format, necessarily for you know, especially for a nonfiction book. How do you suggest people use this book?
1: Best way to use it is to pick it up and give it a read through and then have an ongoing relationship with it, like an oracle in a way. Just open it up to any page and see you know what that first sentence has to say that pops into your vision. You could even start with that too. So, you know, you could buy the book and never read it front to back and just use it like that. And it's really it's a book that's written in the age of you know short form hot takes, right? Correct. Everything from Twitter slash X to you know all of these 120 character, you know, whatever. I wrote it with a sense of prose, but also with a sense of at the beginning of some paragraphs, at the end of some paragraphs, I'll condense big ideas into one pithy line because it's meant to be a little bit of a fortune cookie in that way when you open up a page. so that's one way to use it and another way to use it is to really dive deep into it i did write every sentence with a lot of intention i did create every exercise and meditation with a lot of intention and a lot of people have reflected back to me that they're taking this book very slow and they're really digging into what each page has to offer And they're experiencing very powerful, positive transformations because of that. So it's designed to meet people, you know, where you're at, whatever your level of comfort is, this book is designed to meet you there.
0: It's my pleasure to welcome a new sponsor to the podcast. Our friends at active campaign, active campaign helps small teams power big businesses with a must have platform for intelligent marketing automation. We've been using ActiveCampaign for years here at Duct Tape Marketing to power our subscription forms, email newsletters, and sales funnel drip campaigns. ActiveCampaign is that rare platform that's affordable, easy to use, and capable of handling even the most complex marketing automation needs. And they make it easy to switch. They provide every new customer with one-on-one personal training and free migrations from your current marketing automation or email marketing provider. You can try active campaign for free for 14 days and there's no credit card required. Just visit ActiveCampaign.com slash duct tape. That's right. Duct tape marketing podcast listeners who sign up via that link will also receive 15% off an annual plan if purchased by December 31st, 2023. That's ActiveCampaign.com slash duct tape. Now this offer is limited to new active campaign customers only. So what are you waiting for? Fuel your growth, boost revenue, and save precious time by upgrading to active campaign today. I want to get into the questions you call them the seven directions because you're right. I can see where people would take a long time because they might just not be able to answer number two for a long time when they got there, right? Yeah. We'll get to that because right. people don't know what I'm talking about. But I want to back up a little bit. I didn't read in your bio, but... Um, on air, uh, but I know that you um, have a background in music um, as a musician, and I'm wondering what role you don't, in the classic sense, you don't practice, you know, music today, but I'm wondering what role that background played in the writing of this book, in the nature of which, like in songwriting, every line has to be so intentional in a short song, right? So I'm wondering, you know, what, to the degree you understand that role or that background played in the creation of this work?
1: Here's the thing. I'm trying to be a voice that represents the rebalancing of the humanities in our education, and our investment, because during my upbringing, we and when I say we, I, I mean, America, we rightfully invested in STEM because science, technology, engineering and mathematics, they build what we need in order to create our future. But we divested from the humanities in that process. We made humanities, arts, and music, and understanding different cultures. We made that pay the price for this investment. That wasn't the path that I went on. It wasn't the path that I was originally going to be on. I was. I wanted to be an astronaut. I went to space camp, and I was like a math whiz. But then somebody put a guitar in my hand, and it was over, and I went into art. The truth of my career as it's borne out is that my greatest skills that I've had to offer have come from my education in the humanities. And while technology is able to build the future that we want, it's the humanities that help us choose it. I think we all feel right now like we haven't chosen the future that we want. There is a a crisis of, of humanity. So my musicianship, yeah, just a bass player, but also not just a bass player because through the bass, I learned so much about the human experience that can't be put into words, that can't be put into technology, that can't be calculated, that can't be engineered. It's not about this domain of explanation, and logic. It's about the domain of experience and intuition. So music really is the backbone of this entire book. And if I, as a musician, can put forward a perspective that helps people to think about the importance of prioritizing humanities again, then I believe that others that come from similar backgrounds and creativity will be able to do the same. One of the
0: other important threads, you already mentioned mental health, but there's a line in there where you talk about transforming anxiety into creativity. (laughs) So talk a little bit about, you know, the, this, the role of anxiety in, you know, Makers, marketers, and mystics. Is there an elevated sense of anxiety if you
1: consider yourself a creator? Relate to this. I haven't really shared this perspective before, but maybe the core experience, there's a lot of core experiences where this came from and I recount them in the book, but this is not in the book. Learning how to take a solo in a improvisational <laughs> jam session, especially as a bass player when that's normally what you do. I mean, you want to talk about turning anxiety into creativity everybody's watching you and then all of a sudden the light is on you. You got to say something interesting. That is the current that I learned to play with that I have put into this book. It also comes from some of my experience on the mystical side. There's a scene that recounts a sit that I had with a Zen master that talks about fear. There's a lot of other different stories and exercises in the book like that. But what I feel is that – well, it's not even a feeling; it's a fact. I mean, we're in a anxiety pandemic right now. The amount of anxiety that everybody is is suffering through is enormous. And my submission into the conversation is basically, "Hey, you know, y'all know about art therapy. <laughs> you know about this idea of taking what you have on the inside and getting it out. Here is a formula for doing that, and 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 it's not really just about feelings; it's actually an engine." For inspiration, for innovation, for driving purpose in your life and your business, it's really a reframe. You talked about—I
0: don't think you used the word "normalize," but meditation is still one of those things that I think increasingly I have been practicing probably for thirty years, and you know it was very out there, you know, at, from a Western standpoint. At that, even then, it's come into business conversations now. I think, as particularly as people talk about, you know, mind, body, spirit, you know, for entrepreneurs a lot of this book is about, I mean, you've even called these questions meditations and going into meditation to consider them. Do you get, is that something that's just, if you're going to call yourself a mystic or a maker, you know, are you just going to accept that? Or do you still find some resistance in just the concept of meditation and how people think about it?
1: It is being normalized meditation. It's really moved a long way. And, you know, if you've been meditating 30 years, then you, you may or may not agree with, you know, the sentiment I want to share here, but There is so much more to go than the first steps that our popular culture is currently on. And like, isn't that an incredibly exciting premise that we as a modern culture, as a working culture are just beginning to bring meditation into the workplace, but it's an infinite game that keeps going and your human potential expands with every step that you take. So imagine what's ahead for you listener, if you're just beginning meditation right now, it keeps going. And as it keeps going, you keep going, you become more creative, you become more purpose-driven, you become more aware, you become more calm, you become more activated. Whatever that descriptor is, it's further down that road. I, at the beginning of writing this book, and I talk about this in the opening, the identity as a mystic, felt like a bit of an embarrassment to my identity as a marketer and vice versa, yeah. but they've integrated, they're all coming together into this one identity. So I do think that my hope is that this book will stand the test of time, but my hope is that the subtitle will be uh, non-essential within a couple yeah. of years yeah. because I'm pointing to three different things that are coming together right now. Yeah. And I hope that in five years, people are like, oh, you, that's just a creator.
0: <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about what you call the seven directions. And I don't, I'll, maybe I'll just let you kind of run with it because I don't want to, I don't want to pick like, which one is your favorite direction, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll throw out their example, you know, question number one, what is in front of you? And that, I mean, on the surface, um, that's a lot uh, from a question mm-hmm. standpoint i'm curious h- however you want to talk about the seven directions because i think the questions are all so insightful that but and
1: so deep but they seem so simple i refer to them as strategically open questions and that comes from the merging between my well all three of the maker the marketer and the mystical background so as a maker as a creative you have something that's called divergent thinking. How many different things can you do with this pen, right? And all these different ideas that you come up with, all these different ways to interpret, you know, something. So this question is designed to be up for interpretation. As a marketer, it's similar because I have participated in countless brainstorms. I have led countless brainstorms. And, you know, there's a way to, to set the table to billiard break into a conversation and it's a strategically open question that does that and then as a a mystic a lot of the esoteric systems the jewish esotericism for example kabbalah is extremely pronounced in how it stretches your brain to hold multiple different ideas at once and so this idea That is being put in front of you is what is in front of you. (laughs) And so that could mean many different things. The maker, the creative, knows how to really just expand into a bunch of different ways to play with that in the same way that you can come up with dozens of different things to do with a pen. The marketer knows how to apply, to be directional to that, to make it actually like, you know, valuable. Like, well, what are we going to do with this? This idea of what's in front of is my future. Okay. Well, here's where I think the market is going, right? right. Or what have you. And then for the mystic, it's the ability to sit in the discomfort of allowing what's in front of you to be something completely unexpected. And so when I lead meditations or, the two places i do this the most utilizing these questions is leading meditations or advising businesses when i'm leading meditations i just let it hang and i walk people through a visualization process so that they can be surprised by what's in front of them for business a- advising i just let them journal and it's interesting how sometimes what comes up is you know their personal hopes and fears more so than their business. And so then it's like, well, okay. So that's what we're really dealing with here, right? And then you work through that. And then to your point, you asked like, which is my favorite, it's meant to be different every day, every time you ask, right? And you might feel a little bit more of an attraction to one question over the other, or you might interpret one question differently from one day to the next. What's in front of you on one day could be about your future what's in front of you. The next day could be about what is literally in front of you. You know, the book that you hold in your hands or it's this item that's on your desk. And you're like, I'm noticing my glasses now. I never really paid, am I, am I, is that a story that I'm telling myself about clarifying my vision? I'm not wearing my glasses enough. Why don't I wear those more? And it's just, it's making sense of your head chatter through the lens of these questions. And we ultimately end up
0: at what's in your heart. Which That's could right. be a good place to start, too, but maybe it takes a lot of work to get
1: there, doesn't it? It's a great place to start. Yeah, Most of us, myself included, have a hard time getting there. Yeah, you know, the, the modern experience keeps us in our heads. So maybe I just wrote this book for myself.
0: Well, those are the best books. Those are the best products, you know, that people create. Well, Will, it was a pleasure having you stop by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. Uh, is there a place you'd invite people to connect with you or obviously to pick up a copy of Which Way is North?
1: Yeah, pick up a copy at your local indie bookstore. Support your indie bookstore. And you can find me at will c a d y dot com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. Will, Katie, you know where to find me. Happy to chat.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, thanks for taking a few moments out of your uh, day to stop by, and hopefully we'll run into you one of these days out there on the road. Likewise. Thanks for having me.